The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Epictetus' Discourses, Book 2, Chapter 18, and I am reading from the translation in the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday and Stephen Henselman, and this is the entry for May 16th, The Chain Method. Epictetus writes, if you don't wish to be a hothead, don't feed your habit. Try as a first step to remain calm and count the days you haven't been angry. I used to be angry every day, now every other day, then every third or fourth. If you make it as far as 30 days, thank God, for habit is first weakened and then obliterated. When you can say, I didn't lose my temper today, or the next day, or for three or four months, but kept my cool under provocation, you will know you are in better health. Okay, so that's the end of the excerpt. Uh, And then Holiday goes on to... Uh, give the example of Jerry Seinfeld. Apparently, Jerry Seinfeld uh, gave this, uh, has, has talked about this in multiple interviews. That uh, I'll just read from from Ryan Holiday's thing. He says, "The comedian Jerry Seinfeld once gave a young comic named Brad Isaac some advice about how to write and create material. Keep a calendar," he told him, "and each day that you write jokes, put an X. Soon enough, you'll get a chain going, and then your job is simply to not break the chain. Success becomes a matter of momentum. Once you get a little, it's easier to keep it going." So the first time I read about that technique of the don't break the chain was in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which I've talked about many times as one of the best books on habits that I've read. And he he has a whole uh, chapter called How to Stick with Good Habits Every Day. And he mentions the same anecdote from Jerry, Se- Jerry, from Jerry Seinfeld and talks about not breaking the chain. Uh, but what I want to just briefly talk about, it's nice actually that James Clear has little chapter summaries at the very end in bullet point form. So uh, I'm just going to read his his bullet points uh, just to talk about some of the perks of this type of method. So bullet point one, one of the most satisfying feelings is the feeling of making progress. So that's really what this method relies on is that you are seeing the progress that you're making every day, and that has a self-reinforcing effect, uh, as opposed to just being like this abstract entity or this feeling that you're kind of just making sacrifices into the dark. I know that's not really an idiom, uh, but you actually get to see them on the uh, in a visual form, and that can create momentum. Okay, bullet point two, a habit tracker is a simple way to measure whether you did a habit, like marking an X on a calendar. So the X is just one example. Fortunately, there are many apps that can be used for habit tracking. I have personally used this in a number of areas. I th- I guess the one that I use the m- <laughs> the habit tracker I use the most that has the least actual um, <laughs> the e- the least actual utility is my intermittent fasting app. Uh, I use Zero and I use the free version of it. And basically, all it does is you press. You, you, know, you press the button that says start fast. Uh, you know, I, I typically, I guess for, for the last uh, two years maybe, I would on average, except for Shabbos, do uh, 18 hours of fasting uh, where I only uh, drink water or coffee or tea and then uh, and then have my eating window within six hours. Lately, I've been going with, uh, with um, what do you call it, 17 uh, seven or with uh, 16, eight. But either way, the way that the app works is you... When you start fasting, you you press uh, start, and then all it does is keep track of how long you've been fasting. And 
And then it also keeps track of your average and on how many days you've been fasting. Has a similar effect for me uh, in terms of allowing me to have a visual, satisfy, a visually satisfying record of of how long I've been keeping the habit. Okay, bullet point number three from James Clear. Habit trackers and other visual forms of measurement can make your habits satisfying by providing clear evidence of your progress. Okay, we talked about that. Uh, number four, don't break the chain. Okay, that's what Epictetus talked about. Try to keep your chain, your habit streak alive. Number five, uh, this is a key one. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. So the, the problem with a lot of habits is you break the habit once and then you feel bad and then you give up. So James Clear's rule is never miss twice. He says, if you miss one day, try to get back on track as quickly as possible. So what that allows you to do is it allows for slip-ups where you make a mistake and then you get back on track. Or even depending on whether you whether you quote unquote need this, it can allow for a, uh, a cheat day, um, uh, which I guess, depending on what the habit you're talking uh, on, on the nature of the habit, then cheat days could be, uh, tolerable or disastrous, but, but it allows you to say, okay, I'll take off one day of doing this, but I just, uh, I won't do the, uh, you know, I just won't allow myself to miss twice. The, I think the time when I use this the most is, uh, with meditation, uh, for a, a while now I've been doing 30 minutes of meditation a day, uh, throughout the, the week. Um, and occasionally when there's an extra busy day, I will, uh, choose to do fewer than 30 minutes. I'll do like 20 minutes or 10 minutes even. Uh, and so that's like a, uh, you know, so, and then as long as I, I have this rule in mind of never miss twice, meaning the next day I have to get back on track and do 30 minutes, then it prevents me from falling off the wagon. Uh, and then the last bullet point here, he says is, uh, just because you can measure something doesn't mean it's the most important thing uh, in the chapter itself. He quotes Charles Goodhart, uh, which he says there's a principle sometimes called Goodhart's law, which is when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. And Clear explains, measurement is only useful when it guides you and adds context to a larger picture, not when it consumes you. Each number is simply one piece of feedback in the overall system. So in other words, don't let the tracking become an end in and of itself. Uh, I'm listening to a podcast by Ramit Sethi on, uh, 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 this is a podcast, I forgot what it's called, where he's talking to couples uh, and counseling them about money uh, about, you know, money-making decisions. And so he's interviewing this, uh, husband and wife whose combined net worth is, is close to $6 million. And the wife grew up extremely poor. And so she has this very, uh, neurotic fear about, about spending money. And so she was talking about how she has this goal that they have to save a certain amount of money every month. And she has this fear that if, if, if they miss that amount, then they're, then they're somehow going to become impoverished. And so this, uh, I, I only listened to the beginning of the podcast, but they're talking, uh, you know, the husband needed this car repair and it was a severe car repair where like, it could have been dangerous. I think if it didn't, uh, uh, get repaired and like the wife refused to spend, uh, $1,000, uh, on, on this very, very important repair. And the reason she gave, so for, I mean, again, first of all, we're talking a thousand dollars is a lot of money, but not to someone who, uh, who they're making, uh, you know, who they're millionaires. Right. So, um, so, but her, what was her reasoning? Her reasoning was if we spend this thousand dollars, then I'll fall short of the, the, uh, the amount that I want to say that, that we should save every month. So, in other words, she was so preoccupied with the the met the metric that she lost sight that the metric is only a means to actually like engaging in 
in a good habit or a bad habit. So the good habit she was trying to foster was responsible saving. And she was just, she, she was just fixated on the, on the metric itself. So that could be a pitfall in these uh, types of habit tracking. Okay. So what does this have to do? So th that takes care of the stoicism portion. And again, it's nice seeing someone like Epictetus being so practical, you know, Epictetus for all he talks about anger in terms of getting carried away by an impression, uh, especially in the Enchiridion in the handbook, he, at the end of the day, is totally open and, and in favor of uh, uh, using these practical means of, you know, don't break the chain. Uh, you, you have to be practical about it. So what does this have to do with Judaism? Well, I gave a shir, I gave a class in my yeshiva this, uh, not this past Sunday, two Sundays ago, on, on three probably new explanations for why we count the Omer, why we have this mitzvah to count the 49 days starting from the day after Pesach, after Passover, and uh, continuing until the holiday of Shavuos. And one of the reasons had to do with the fact that these are days that should be used for self-improvement. And in this uh, shir, I, I uh, provided evidence that the idea of using the days of counting the Omer for self-improvement did not originate with the Kabbalists, even though it's, it's been popularized by the Kabbalists. This is something that goes back earlier. And that the fact that we are not just designating a period for self-improvement, but actually counting the days makes it a very, very good opportunity to engage in this type of habit tracking. So. I've encouraged my students, and I've done this myself, to use the 49 days of the Omer, or to use periods within the 49 days to um, to work on, uh, to, to set up specific experiments uh, or or practices to to cultivate good habits or or try to undo bad habits, and then to track them using some method uh, because you're already tracking the days, you know? So I will, I believe I'm releasing this podcast on Wednesday, which is the day before Lagba Omer, the 33rd day of the Omer. And Lagba Omer uh, is psychologically significant for many people uh, because people, uh, there, you know, there are many customs about it, but the, the key part is that it's psychologically significant in the fact that it, it sets off the you know you have Lagba Omer and then you have the remaining uh, sixteen days uh, to count the Omer after that. So what I'm going to suggest is use those days, those remaining days in the Omer period, and and try a, a habit cultivation experiment where you take you either try to cultivate a positive habit the way that Jerry Seinfeld suggested with the X's on the calendar or however you want to use whatever type of habit tracker you want to use or set up a, uh, a negative habit tracking like Epictetus suggested where you you keep track of the uh, the streak the um, uh, like uh, what do they have on workplaces like number of days without incident uh, without workplace injury or whatever uh, and just see what happens you know and again the, the goal of all of these types of experiments is not to be perfect the goal is to collect data points so if you if you try this this habit streak thing and you repeatedly you know you you uh, you you get a streak going and then you break the chain uh, well first of all remember just don't miss twice get back on try it again but let's say you 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 fall off the wagon so you can still get valuable data for yourself and and the key point is to do these uh, these experiments and just to to uh, to continually uh, experiment with self-improvement in various ways oh one more point here 
Epictetus mentioned the unit of 30 days being significant. He says that if you make it as far as 30 days, then thank God. Now, I don't know where he's getting the number from, but I do think that another opportunity that we have for these types of self-improvement periods is 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 months, whether you're talking about English months or Rosh Chodesh. And the reason why Rosh Chodesh works out is we do associate Rosh Chodesh to, you know, Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of the of the month. We associate it to Kapara, to atonement. Now, that refers to to many other things than what I'm going to talk about here. But I think that because we have an association of Rosh Chodesh to atonement, which is connected to self-improvement and to doing teshuva, to repenting, then uh, I think every Rosh Chodesh can serve as a great opportunity to launch another self-improvement experiment. So uh, that's also something that I try to do and have, engaged, uh, have encouraged my students to, to do as well. Okay, that is it for today's episode. Uh, oh, and I feel free if you want a, uh, an accountability partner, which is what the next chapter in James Clear's book is, uh, uh, talks about. If you want to share the experiment that you're doing and you just need someone to share it with, go ahead and share it with me and I'll, uh, I'll check in on you. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I always gain, uh, a benefit from, from hearing about other people's experiments because even though it's not my own thing, I, I can learn from vicarious experience. Okay, so feel free to share that with me. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zell and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening, thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.